0: Hello, this is Tim. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that this is the first week our podcast has appeared in the iTunes store. That it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. But you would help us out tremendously if you would go to the podcast section of iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And while you're at it, give us a good rating. Now, if you don't think you can honestly give us a good rating, you don't have to leave a rating at all. In fact, you can go to another podcast and rate them instead. But if you like us, give us lots of stars. You know what we're gonna do? Take two. <laughs> yeah. What did we do? We recorded. How long are we recording? Oh, we I don't know. 15, we we minutes? <laughs> we, we did almost the whole show, and then I looked down at the counter, and it was at zero 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 zero. I forgot to hit the record button. So now we have to be fresh and spontaneous, even and though we
1: already did the entire thing. <laughs> so let's try. You know what else do we're do gonna do? What?
0: We're gonna give something away today. <gasps>
1: We're so generous. Like Oprah. Yeah, we're not like Oprah. You we can't give away a car. <laughs> no. I would love to, though. But hey, I li- we could give away our Toyota. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mean our brand new sparkly Toyota? Uh, sure. Yeah. If by brand new
1: you mean twenty years old.
0: <laughs> I do like giving things away, though. Oh yeah, we so do, do too. Yeah. Like, remember the tipper zipper? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used to have a wallet with a little like zipper pocket inside of it. And we would take like $5 after every paycheck and just put it in that zipper pocket. And we'd save it up to, I think, to a maximum of $50. We'd never have more than $50 in the tipper zipper pocket. We just waited until we got served by someone that really struck us in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like either they had really good personality or really did good service. Or for some reason we thought, ah, oh, this is someone that probably could use this. Mm-hmm. And then we'd walk away from our table with $50 cash as a tip. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like we eat in really fancy places where that would be normal. You know, we're talking about a bill that's maybe 20 bucks with a $50. At the deli or something. That's fun to do. Mm -hmm. We should do
1: the tipper zipper again. Do you still have that wallet? Nope. Well, then you better get to (laughs) sewing.
0: Hello, I'm Tim Tedder.
1: And I'm Sharon Tetter, and this is Recovery
0: Room Convo. Presented by AffairHealing.com. So, a few weeks ago, you were in a lull in your painting. You like to paint. Yeah,
1: I love to paint. It's my therapy for myself.
0: What kind of things do you paint?
1: Well, I started out painting like rocks, like river rocks and stuff.
0: I used to do that too.
1: Okay. When I was a kid. <laughs> All right. Well.
0: I used to get rocks, like like white rocks out of the front yard and my watercolors, and I'd paint some green, and I'd paint some red, and I'd put them in a little box, and I'd take them around to people, and I would sell them to people door to door.
1: People actually bought them from you.
0: I think they thought I was cute.
1: Oh, well, that <laughs> so must have been it.
0: <laughs> but yours are different than
1: that. Well, I try to paint a little more than just one flat color. Yes, yes, usually. No, but I, um, you know, like if the, if they looked like something perhaps, like they were rocks were an interesting shape, I would paint them into little animals and stuff. And, um, started doing it because, um, I met my biological mother about 13 years ago and she also, she painted. I, I didn't even know this. Mm. It was only after, she passed away that I found out she used to paint all these little stones and river rocks and made things out of them. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I love that. And I've always done art, but I never did that. Mm-hmm. So I started with that and then just got progressively more and more into painting all kinds of things. And now I'm, my latest is painting canvases. You know, I just actually paint, like, flat paintings on canvases. And so
0: things. you were in a lull mm-hmm. wanting something to paint. Mm-hmm. And I said, paint something for my office. Yes. Yeah, my office... Has reds, blacks, golds, are the colors mainly in it? And one wall behind the client couch, where people recline for therapy, <laughs> there's there's a cool picture of these like a two sided tree with reds and golds in it. But I asked you paint me a picture with a, a tree that's kind of dead with one leaf of hope in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you did. It's really cool. It's got a red background. It's a black trunk, and then there's this leaf on it with little water droplets. Mm-hmm. Eight by ten kind of hangs like it's suspended in air in my bookshelf. It's really cool looking. Cool. So we had this idea because you wanted something else to paint when you're done. I said, let's paint another one kind of like this, only it'll be original, mm-hmm. and give it away to one of the listeners of the podcast.
1: That's right. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to
0: do. So if you're listening to this, within the first week of it coming out, we're going to give this one week, go to the podcast page, affairhealing.com slash podcast 111. Just enter your name into the form there. And at the end of the week, we're going to have a drawing. One random person that's entered. Mm-hmm. We're going to ship it to him. No cost. Get it free. Free shipping. <laughs> free everything. <laughs> Oprah. Yay. What a store. Woo. So we've pulled another conversation from our community forum. Urban Explorer started by writing, In the same way my affair partner must have been broken to have an affair with me, I must also be broken. So I am flawed in such a way as to be a lifelong risk for anyone to be in a relationship with me.
1: And then Mia2003 responded with, You sound so down on yourself. By the sounds of things, you appreciate that you made a mistake and caused a lot of pain. I think it takes a big person to admit that to themselves, never mind others. The flaw may have been in your actions, but that doesn't make your whole personality flawed. You made a mistake. People do. It's how you deal with it after that that makes you who you are.
0: So there is this question many times among betrayed spouses. Am I married to someone who is flawed, who is so broken, evidenced by this affair they've had, that I can never trust them again? They're Mm -hmm. showing their true nature. I think that's where the phrase, once a cheat, always a cheat comes from. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, you're finally showing yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: I used to think that. I used to feel that way. Having been cheated on a lot of my life... I came out of that really feeling like, well, once you cheat, that just shows what kind of person you are. You have no integrity and, mm-hmm. but I realize now that everybody is capable of cheating. A- anybody is given the right circumstances, given the right set of choices, giving the right diffuse boundaries. Um, all of those things can tie into XY variable equals.
0: No, no I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you there are a lot of people, even on the forum, some of the clients that come to us, especially those who have been betrayed, mm-hmm. and they will state very emphatically, mm-hmm. I would never have an affair. That's that's something I would never do. Right?
1: right. I get that. I totally used to think that too. I really did.
0: And I you, just, but you've never had an affair. I know. So Why do you say now you think you're capable of?
1: I think what I have recognized now is I understand that people feel that way. I used to think that too. I'd say I would never do that. And I don't intend to ever do that. And I, what I think I mean when I say I'd be capable is if I let circumstances go that direction, if I got a little lazy with my boundaries or allowed myself to kind of just, you know, push the line just a little bit. It's okay. It's not. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? I think anybody is capable of going down that slippery slope. When I was an undergrad, I took a class called Organizational Dysfunction, and it talked all about man-made disasters like plane wrecks or shipwrecks or the nuclear power plant meltdowns. And it just, the whole point of the class was to teach you that no disaster happens independently all by itself. There is always a whole chain of events that happens leading up to the disaster. Always. Like, without fail. And you can trace it back. Every time there's a big disaster, you can trace back all these different incidences that happened where if only one thing had been averted, it may have prevented Mm -hmm. this thing from happening. And I feel like, People make choices and do things a little here, a little there that lead up to the affair. I do not think anybody sets out in their mind thinking, well, I'm a cheater. I'm going to go. I mean, some people... Sure. There might
0: be some. There might it. be some. But the majority, you're right. The yeah.
1: majority, I just don't believe that it means, well, inside you're a dirty, perverted person mm-hmm. inside. I don't think that's what it means. I think it means you made a lot of bad choices and let this thing happen. Yeah,
0: and the first choice is usually very far away oh, from yeah. the choice of infidelity. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's like you said, a small compromise of boundaries. Mm-hmm. The book... Mistakes were made, but not by me. It's really good at explaining this, Mm -hmm. how one little compromise we make and that we end up justifying that opens the door for the next little compromise. And we're heading down this slope where eventually we find ourselves at the bottom of this slope, completely convincing ourselves that where we are is,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, the place
0: we intended to be. But we would have never been there from the top of the hill. No, never. We would never look down and say, oh, I'm going to jump there. I'm going to make that big change. No. It's It's a series of small choices that and small compromises, small breaking of boundaries that kind of lead us to the mm-hmm. conclusion.
1: And I mean, I think what changed in me, too, as far as like when I would always be like, I would never have an affair, ever, ever. Um, When I was in my marriage to my ex-husband and it was extremely painful, he was... He was very neglectful of the marriage the whole time, but then he also, he was repeatedly unfaithful to me. So I remember there being a time there where I was so heartsick and lonely and just trying to deal with the sadness of the marriage before we actually split up, Um, that I had a friend who was a male friend who treated me so sweetly during that. And I remember having that thought of, oh my gosh, I could actually cave to this because Mm -hmm. it felt so nice to have somebody Mm -hmm. cherish me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went, whoa, if I let that boundary come down, I could have Mm -hmm. been capable of having an affair just to make myself feel comforted in my pain. And I think that's what happens. I think a lot of times, is it ever a good choice to have an affair? Absolutely not, 100%. No. But what I'm saying is I don't think the majority of people – start out thinking, yes, I'm capable of an affair. I think most people say, no, I would never do that. Well, that was
0: my story. If you had told me a couple months before I had my affair that you're going to cheat, I would have said that, and I'll never cross that line. And I would have believed it. I would have been certain about it. Mm -hmm. But then once you start.
1: The little compromises.
0: And it didn't take me very long, Mm -hmm. given the circumstances I was in before I was just. Diving headfirst into it.
1: Yeah, so I no, I really and and I understand everybody saying, you know, I would never do that. I would never do that. And I and I think that's I think that's great if you feel like you would never do it because well, some most, people never do. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm saying. Most people, when you have that strong of a feeling that you will never do it, that usually means that you have some pretty severe boundaries up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is how you stop it from ever happening. Right. right. Anyway, so I think probably the likelihood is if you're like, you know, a, a betrayed spouse who is like, I would never, ever, ever you probably won't. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but I guess the question being, you know, like, does that mean when people do that, that means that, that, you know, to their core that shows you their true nature is dirty and evil. Well, sometimes it's hard when
0: you have an affair not to believe that about yourself. Oh,
1: absolutely. I actually just had a client last week struggling with this. The client had an affair and was saying that, they believe they're a terrible person. Period. Terrible person. That was the words they
0: used. Yeah, and I, I, I remember that feeling of this shame that's on me. Mm-hmm. I will carry around for the rest of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm this person now. Right. Kind of defines right. me in some ways, and I, right. I struggled whether I could even trust myself. Mm-hmm. I believe I was a good person right. after that. Right. What did you tell that client?
1: Uh, well, I just had the client. I, I just I stopped them and said wait a minute now, you're a terrible person? Like to your core, you're a terrible person? And they said, yes. And I said, well, let's like really break that down. What is a terrible person? Aside from what you're thinking about yourself right now, if I asked you, you know, what makes a terrible person like Hitler? (laughs) You know, um, to me, a terrible person, that's like, that's pretty intense, right? And they they were kind of agreeing. They're like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true, you know? Mm And so what we worked on is the fact that the client made a terrible decision, but that's not the core of who they are.
0: Right. However, there are some people about whom I would say, whatever relationship they get in, they're putting the other person at risk. There are some people that by their character Mm -hmm. are so broken Sure. That they can't even experience healthy relationship. And some of them will cheat again and again and again.
1: Yes, I was married to one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my ex husband, that's exactly what happened with him. I don't think that's true
0: of most cheaters though. No. But there are some. And and if if you're in a relationship with someone like that, chances are there's gonna be a history of evidence of that.
1: Well, yes, I found out about that history after I married this yeah, person. There were
0: things that you didn't know about that <laughs> were going on. That's
1: right. Before. Um And that's why I quit the relationship because um he repeatedly cheated on me and then didn't want to get counseling. Um, You know, went to counseling like twice and said, you know, this is all BS and da, da, da. So it was like I knew... He, unless he worked on his stuff, there really was never going to be any change. He was going to continue with that behavior because it was his pattern. So. I
0: message I always want to give to someone who's had an affair is this affair does not define who you are. Right. You have the opportunity to learn something about yourself from this significant event. And the thing you're going to learn about yourself probably is not a fun, attractive, positive thing. It's going to show you an area of need or brokenness or flaw. But it's an opportunity to address that do work in changing that Mm -hmm. and it will make you a better person, but you don't have to wear a scarlet a around the rest Mm -mm. of your life. You don't have to carry that ball of shame on your back. Mm -hmm. You have to fully acknowledge what you've done is a selfish, hurtful thing Mm -hmm. and be very honest about that. Mm -hmm. If you're married to someone who's cheated on you, my encouragement would be the same. You have to fully and honestly address the pain of the betrayal, but hopefully you can see your spouse as that person that you married in the first place. You're Mm -hmm. learning something new about them, but those things that originally attracted you to them, the qualities about them, the character about them, Mm -hmm. unless you're learning that there is something fundamentally flawed with them because it is a pattern that's been repeating in their life, Mm -hmm. I think there's always a chance for change if they want to work on that marriage. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think it's super important for a betrayed spouse to be able to see That there can be good and bad things in the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's super important because it helps you with forgiveness. And in order to really become healthy and healed yourself, you have to forgive, really. And forgiveness is like the most kind and compassionate thing you can do for yourself as a betrayed spouse is to forgive the betrayer. Because it frees you up inside to be able to move forward in a healthy way, regardless of what happens with your marriage, you know, and what the outcomes are after that. Um, I mean, I can look back now and say, I have forgiven my ex-husband for the cheating. I can totally look at him now and say, he is a talented, charming, funny, intelligent person. I think he's got a lot of wonderful qualities. That's I can say that. I can totally honestly say that. Would I ever want to be married to him again? No. (laughs) But I'm just saying, you know, I think I can separate those two things. Mm -hmm. I can separate who he is as a good person from the person who was unfaithful.
0: Each week we recommend a resource that might be helpful to someone in their personal recovery or marriage recovery. One of the authors we often recommend is Brene Brown. Her vulnerability video on TED Talks is one that I've often encouraged couples to watch. And I even created a study guide. And if you've never seen that, we'll put the link to it on the show notes. A client this past week was mentioning to me that she actually offers online courses and workshops. Mm. and uh, I I certainly respect her work and what Mm -hmm. she does. Yeah, she's great. I, I would encourage people to check that out. We'll put the link to this in the show notes as well. I know Brene Brown's website, BreneBrown.com, gives a lot of information, but specifically the website CourageWorks.com. Here's what it says. CourageWorks is an online learning community developed to bring Brene Brown's research on courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy to a global audience. Offerings include e-courses, workshops, and interviews developed for anyone who is ready for braver living, loving, and leading. Now, Brene Brown doesn't specifically address affairs. Mm-hmm. She just addresses the need to be vulnerable, what it means to grow personally, to be strong, to have healthy boundaries in our lives, Mm -hmm. and all of those things are necessary components when it comes to a fair recovery. They're pivotal for any relationship, you know? So we encourage you to check it out.
1: That's it for this week's Convo. I'm Sharon Tetter.
0: And I'm Tim Tetter. We'll see you next time.